Hello, I'm Brian Foster, and we're talking about Spiritism. Today, we're going to continue on with our Tuesday night live streaming about the book, The Wander in the Spirit Land by the Spirit Francesco, transcribed by the medium A. Farnese. Now, Francesco was a kind of a lapsed Catholic, racist Catholic, saw a lot of hypocritical things happen in the Catholic Church. Pretty successful person, kind of in the upper society, took advantage of people, took advantage of women. Then he met this wonderful woman he loved, that he never really knew love, as he said, until he met this woman, but then he died very early in their relationship. And this is the story of him being in the spirit world. And he, when he died, he went way to the lower zone. And this is his journey up. And the way he made the journey was the fact that his, his, beautiful you know woman that he loved kept believing in him didn't want to didn't want to end her life as far as um meaning terminate her life with not francesco anymore but she wanted still to try to talk to him in the spirit world and help him and she did she they were able to work together in fact her her brother who was in spirit form came and kind of stopped him at first but then he, he said okay looks like you're trying hard she really wants to do this so We'll let her and she went to medium meetings and now she's talking to Francesca much more and she has been the guiding light for him to improve now today's chapter is chapter 17 astral plane spooks elves vampires part one this is a very long chapter so i'm only going to do half the chapter now let me say first in spiritist literature they don't talk about all the different levels of spirits that exist and, but they do say there are many more than you can ever believe in many different, uh, some, some are more automatons, some are like, you know, elementals where they, they will take care of some of the geography or, or the light of the sun. They'll have jobs to do. So there is just, there's all sorts of creatures out there. But now this is Francesco's view of what, you know, populates the lower zone and the dark abyss. Now he will call it probably hell, although there is no hell in spiritist literature. Now, also, if you have questions, I've had people uh, email me and comment that feel free to write your questions down as I'm live streaming. I will uh, display them and we can review them. Okay, let's start with chapter 17. There we go. Let's make this bigger. Chapter 17, the astral plane and its inhabitants, spooks, elves, vampires, etc. I can hardly give you a better idea of the course of our journey than by asking you to imagine a vast spiral or corkscrew winding upwards and downwards in circling rings. A tiny speck no bigger than a pin's head in the middle of a large cartwheel might represent the earth in the center of the circling rings, an equal number of which are above and below the earth all winding in a connected series from the lowest to the highest around this speck and the head of the spiral pointing towards our central sun, this being regarded as the highest point of most advanced sphere. So again, this is, um, he's pretty right. I mean, and they, they talk about this is, is, you know, this is, if you want to look at it in this, in this manner of geometric, shapes right that the earth is has layers of heaven above uh above the lower zone and the lower zone starts at the crust of the earth to the first layer of heaven 
and this gets pretty big around the earth and then there's each other planet has layers of heavens uh, around it and some of them actually will interconnect overlap as they circle around the sun now there's levels of heavens even above each planet now you can say well how can there be levels of heaven around like mars there's nobody on there well we have to remember there's many dimensions so mars could be populated by human-like souls in a different dimension just like they say in the spirit book they talk about jupiter and saturn we've had you know satellites pass by and there's nothing there well yes there is nothing there not in this dimension there are many dimensions this says this whole you know you can look at it as geometric and then within 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 one sphere of the earth think that there's other spheres in parallel with it but in a different dimension in fact even uh, spirits have said to reverend g Owen that there is a whole kind of uh circle around the earth populated by very ancient people that you kind of have to go through as you go through one level of heaven to the next i forgot what level is that that were there before any, anybody was else on the earth so there's just so much out there and we haven't been told we've probably been told like almost nothing and this is what's great about spiritism is that as we mature and we are ready for it, we'll be told more and more. In fact, and this all started with uh, Alan Kardec, a great codifier of spiritism in the 1850s. And since then there's been by spiritist mediums giving us more and more information. Now, of course, now this book is not by a spiritist uh, medium, We're talking to a, a spiritist uh, um, soul or spirit in, their, in, in the lower zone. He's in the high part of the lower zone right now and what he's talking in his book. But that's why I'm using this and I'm, I'm interpreting and adding to what he's telling us from the information we're given by spiritism. This is what's all so important. Okay, I'll carry on. This will give you a faint idea of the earth and its attendant spirit spheres and help you to understand how in our journey we pass from the second into the lowest sphere and in doing so pass through the earth plane. Okay, so he is going down to the dark abyss. So if he's passing through the earth plane, which is what he means probably the crust of the earth, that is where you're getting down to really people who through the law of affinity are grouped together and they're not very good. A lot of them are criminal, completely materialistic. The ones in the lower zone all have different attributes, but none of them are as kind of severe as in what the spirits literature call the dark abyss. And he's probably going to call it hell. As we entered it, I perceived many spirits of mortals hurrying to and fro, just as I been wont to see them. But now, for the first time, I also saw that mingling with them were many floating spectral shapes, similar to those wraiths I had seen haunting the spirit in the agey cage, icy cage in the frozen land. These wraiths seemed to be floating to and fro like driftweed, driftweed upon a seashore, borne here and there by the different astral currents, which revolve and circle around the earth. Some, some were very distinct and lifelike. Till a closer inspection revealed to me that the light of intelligence was wanting in her eyes and expression, and there was a helpless collapsed look about them like wax dolls from which stuffing has run out. For the life of me, I can think of nothing that will so well express their appearance. So, we've been, what they call in spiritual literature, they call, it, call these like ovoids, or they, they've kind of, they have lost the majority of the paraspiritual body, right? We are comparables of the 
of the spirit, which is kind of more of an energy, the paraspirit, which when we are in, in the spirit world makes us look like we were on earth, except younger, better looking, right? And then the human body, which the paraspirit connects to every cell in the human body when you are physically incarnated. Now, some people, when they discard it, they, there's in such a mental disturbance, either they murdered someone or they were murdered or they were just completely obsessed with, you know, this house or they were obsessed by the spirits. They just, they're in this mental loop and they look and they, they just sit there like, like, a, like an egg. So, you know, there's thought process going on. And they really have to be, in order for them to snap out of that and get back their paraspiritual body as it should look like, they have to be incarnated again in this earth or a different planet. I'll carry on. In my former wanderings through the earth plane, I'd not been conscious of any of these beings. And on asking Hussein the reason of this, he answered, first, because you were so much absorbed in your work. And secondly, your powers of sight were not sufficiently developed. Now look, he said, he added, pointing to a strange little group of beings like elves, which were approaching us hand in hand, gambling like children. Look at those. They are mental and bodily emanations cast off from the minds and bodies of children, which consolidate into these queer, harmless little elementals when brought into contact with any of the great life currents that circle around the earth, which bear upon their waves the living emanation cast off from men, women, and children. These curious little beings have no real separate intelligent life such as the soul would give, and they are so effervescent and ethereal that they take their shapes and change them, as you will observe, like the clouds in a summer sky. See how they are all dissolving and forming again afresh. Now, those are more like elementals. And so there's, they're not free-willed spirits. They're, 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 they're um, shadows of intelligent life, some of them. Some of them, I'm sure, are other things. I've never really seen a good uh, explanation. Maybe I did, and I just didn't interpret it very well, um, of really of these things. But I know they exist. And, and I know that, you know, like in cities on Earth, there are, or, you know, in the lower zones, there are kind of horrible interpretations of, let's say, London. And yet there's good interpretations of beautiful architecture in heaven. So, you know, it's thoughts, remember. Thought is action. Thought is real. So thoughts go out and come through. They come back. They accumulate all of these things. So the, the spirit world is just, it is more fantastic and yet, and yet familiar because when we, most of us, it's familiar. When we die and we go, we see people, we see them walking around. We, we look like we're, we are who we are. And yet when you get down into it and you start dwelling into it and looking behind the scenes. It's utterly fantastic because it's, everything's created by thought. Okay, I'll carry on. As I looked, I saw a whole little cloud of figures shift into a new form of grotesque likeness. And whereas they had looked like tiny fairies in caps and gowns made from flowers, they now took wings, becoming a species of past butterflies, half imps with human bodies, animal heads, and butterflies' wings. Then as a fresh, strong wave of magnetism swept over them, Lo, they were all broken up and carried away to form fresh groups elsewhere with other particles. I was so astonished at this, the real living appearance and the unreal disappearance, that I suppose Hassan read my puzzled state of mind, for he said, 
what you have now beheld is only an ethereal form of elemental life, which is not material enough for a long continued existence on the earth plane, and is like the foam of the sea thrown up by the waves of emotions of pure earthly lives and thoughts. See how much now stronger on the astral plane can be the consistency of that which is not pure. So I think that's not a bad explanation, because, and we, but we haven't really been given the science of how all these things like group together by spiritual authors yet. Hopefully someday we will. And so, the, you know, of course, thoughts go around. Remember, let's just take each of us as an example. We are like a radio tower. All of our thoughts are, are recorded. And think how many thoughts you have every day. It must be millions. I don't know, maybe billions. It's, just, it's a lot. And, you know, and our minds doesn't focus for long, right? We go this way and that way. And some, some of these things must group together. Okay. I beheld approaching us a great mass of aerial forms, dark, misshapen, human, yet inhuman in appearance. These, said he, are the beings which haunt the delirium of the drunkard, which gather around him, drawn by his corrupted magnetism, and unable to be repelled by one who has lost the will force needed to protect him from such creatures which cling like barnacles to him and like leeches suck his animal vitality with a strange ghoulish intelligence akin to that of some noisome plant which has fastened itself upon a tree. For such a one as the unfortunate drunkard, the best help which can be given is by taming someone upon the earth side of life who possesses a strong will and mesmeric powers and let him place the drunkard under the protection of his will and the strong influence of his magnetism. To the last of these phantoms drops often in the inability to hold on longer under the stream of healthy magnetism poured upon them and the unlucky man upon whom they have fastened. The healthy magnetism acts like a poison upon these creatures and kills them so they drop off and their bodies unable to hold together decay into immaterial dust. Should these beings, however, not encounter such a strong dose of healthy magnetism, they'll go on for years floating about and drawing away the animal vitality of one human being after another, till at last become endowed with a certain amount of independent animal life on their own. At, at this stage, they can be used by higher, more intelligent beings to carry out such work as their peculiar organizations fit for them, and it is these soulless creatures, though created and earth-nourished, which a certain class of practitioners of the so-called black magic made use of in some of their experiments, as well as for carrying out their evil designs against anyone who had offended them. But like deadly weeds at the bottom of a dark pool, these astrals draw down and destroy in their soulless clutches those who venture to meddle with them, unprotected by the higher powers. Now, let me tell you what spiritism says. So there's, there's a couple, some. Some of them may not be just elementals or astrals. And some of them could just be very uh, retrogress spirits who just want to absorb themselves in that alcohol, just like they'll do into uh, drug users. And they want to feel the effects of alcohol. And those two will almost be ovoids, but not. They just want to be associated with, with drink. And they will appear. But there's also like these are these even less advanced things that are used by the lower um, spirits to try and they'll try and control them by their will to, to do these things to go after to go after drunks or someone who's obsessed now in the book the medium's book when he says oh they have to have someone with a higher force of will 
So in the, the Alan Kardec's The Mediums book, which I recommend for everyone, if you want to understand the different ways of mediumships and the different spirits and how to tell what level of spirit is, he says that a person can be obsessed by other spirits and they can and that they can get out of that by their own faith and their own willpower, which is possible. But if if that's if the, the spirits around them are too are just um, too forced, right? Or they have too much and that guy is just completely possessed, then he does need help of a higher spirit to come there and use their force to protect him for a while until that person can study understand more and have their own uh, defense against this. And that's why it's so important for us on earth to really start listening to our conscience. Because if you start doing things that, that go against your conscience, you will be a target for these, these nefarious spirits who will use you. For, and then they'll just egg you on to do one stupid thing after another. So, you know, you're 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 going right into their trap. It's the it's that old cartoon, right? You've seen where the angel on one shoulder and the, the devil on the other shoulder all talking to you, and um, that's it, there's you know there's truth to that image because on Earth in the planet of, of atonement where we are now, there is allowed to have a lot of retrograde spirits, spirits who don't have our best interest in mind, actually some of our worst interests in mind to try and influence us. Now, this is all part of the training, right? You're, you have to go through trials on earth. It's hard enough, but you're also being influenced by good and bad spirits. And you have to use your conscience to filter out what is good and what is, what is helpful and what is not helpful. So if you make a decision, you feel a little bit stressed about that, and you think, well, I kind of try to rationalize away why I can do that. Don't do that, right? Because then it's a slippery slope. And it's hard to get back where you are. So these are things that should be helpful to people. But yeah, so if you really want to understand this, Alan Kardec's uh, The Mediums book is excellent. You can just put in Alan Kardec space PDF and you'll find all his books on PDF. won't cost you a penny, but you can also find them, of course, on Amazon. Click on my site, nwspiritism.com. Click on the picture of Alan Kardec and you can order them from the FEB. Uh, website, which is a, a website that publishes the books by Alan Kardec and Chico Xavier and some others. So, uh, and now tell me, friend Hussein, I said, I, if these astros, when they fashion upon a drunkard, can or do influence them to drink more, as is the case when the earthbound spirit of the departed drunkard controls one cell in the flesh. He goes, no, these beings do not derive any pleasure from the drink a man swallows, except insofar as by correcting, corrupting his magnetism, as it makes him such that they can more easily feed upon him. It is animal or earthly life force they desire. It means existence for them. It is much the same as water to a plant. And beyond the fact that by draining the victim of his vitality, they can cause a sense of exhaustion, which makes him fly the stimulants for relief. They do not affect the question of his continuing to drink. They are mere parasites and possess no intelligence of their own except of so rudimentary a character that we can scarcely give it a name. And of course, in the spirit world, they give that as vampirism, where you have these little logical constructs that will attach themselves to people who are weaker. And they will 
suck off their life, right? Exactly what he's saying is draining the victim of, of his vitality. And that happens. And this is what's so sad is a lot of, uh, it's not so much these, but what will happen is uh, spirits will try to obsess somebody. So you'll see people in, in uh, mental health difficulties. Now, of course, before I say anything else, always go to your psychologist, psychiatrist, always try to get help. But a lot of mental health difficulties are spirits obsessing. And what they'll do is they will try to obsess someone and put in bad thoughts to someone. And then they'll also, they'll use these little, these little uh, ovoids and these little, you know, vampire, vampire things that will come and they will help them and they'll make you weaker by having them, you know, attached to your soul. So, so then you, they just try to break you down. And it all sounds weird, right? It sounds like, I mean, I can see someone listening to me say, well, this sounds like someone from the Hex and Voodoo and, and um, you know, some tribe somewhere thousands of years ago believe in, you know, evil spirits. Well, it's very interesting. They may have known more than we know. They may have been closer because they didn't have such a material veil between them and the spirit world. So there is good and bad spirits. There are evil spirits. There are spirits that will that will react and interface with other humans to try to do harm to you. And the way, and of course, the spirit world is not going to let any spirit do actual harm as far as like stabbing you or hitting you. They, oh, they can sometimes come close. But the more you protect yourself by becoming spiritual and good, then they'll just leave you alone because they know it doesn't do any good. You, they have to have that chink in the armor. But I know this sounds fantastic. I mean, before I found spirits more, I had my my future told me in exact detail. I mean, it was this is beyond possibility that I wouldn't believe any of this. But the spirit world is here. I mean, I used to believe that God was. I believe in God, but it was a far away, right? It was almost agnostic, right? It was. Eh, it could be, but now I know that. Jesus Christ is the leader of our planet, the leader of our lives. He and his, his army, legions of angels, watch over us, help guide us. But they're guiding us through this obstacle course, you know, just like boot camp. You see movies about boot camp where you're craw crawling through barbed wire on your, on your stomach in mud and there's shooting machine guns over your head. This is what life is like on Earth. Now, you do have breaks, but we are being we're being continually tested because the stimuli is necessary for us to take away our primitive past emotions and replace those with civilized emotions. There's a reason for this. It's not for punishment. It's for edification because we've been through all sorts of lower levels of of uh, of life where we controlled, you know, maybe animals, insects, whatever. And now we are free will and we are, we are able to, to have free will. We're given the gift of free will. But from all what we learn in order to survive in the primitive world, we have to take away a lot of that. So now this is a tough place. And there's a lot of weird things out there. Very strange. But when you start understanding and reading about spiritism, then it becomes, then you understand the process. This whole thing is about the process of perfection. And when you look at it and you, you look at the process of perfection where we have life after life and karma kind of 
sends us these trials. And of course, and these the spirits will bother you because they're allowed to, because you know, you've done something you know kind of wrong in the past. It's all part of these trials for us to learn. And that's why Jesus said, you know, forgive 70 times seven. You do not want enemies. Don't make enemies because an enemy won't last just one lifetime. If that enemy dies, they'll try to get you at why they're why they're a spirit and you're a human. And when you're in the spirit world, they'll try and get their other friends to get you when you're in the spirit world. It's it's um, there's a lot of, you know, very kind of harsh things, but then there's this there's this jewel awaiting for us, and that is for us to try and be successful enough, not to be perfect, not to be Mother Teresa, but to be good enough to make it to heaven, and then you are in this true environment of just love and compassion and thought is action, and you can create your own house. It's the, the reward. Is, as they've said in the Bible and the spiritual reward for any sacrifice you make on earth in order to, be, to become a better person, you'll be rewarded a hundredfold. So I'm telling you a lot of these negative things. I don't want you to be scared or anything like that, but it's just kind of get, this is getting to the, the nitty gritty of some of the lower regions. Okay, let me carry on. Uh, let me start here. This is alike true of the human soul. And the intelligent soul principle is manifested in the animals or lower types of soul existence. Whenever you see the power to reason uh, and to act upon such reasoning manifested either in man, the higher type, the highest type, or in animals, the lower type, you may know that a soul exists. And it is only a question of degree of purity of soul essence. And actually, there's more types than that and more shadows of, of steps, but that's okay. He's generally correct. We see in man and in the brute creation alike a power of reasoning intelligence differing only in degree. And from this fact, the school of thought to which I belong draws that inference that both alike have a conscious individual immortality, differing, however, in the type of degree of soul essence. Animals as well as men having an immortal future for development before them. What are the limits of actions of this law? We cannot pretend to say, but we draw our conclusions from the existence in the spirit world of animals as well as men who have alike lived on earth and both of whom are found in a more advanced state of development than they were in their earth existences so he's directionally correct and but there's actually you start out even more primitive you start out with maybe an amoeba single cell animals you know you start out very primitive there's no of course now we say that you can remember your past lives when you go to heaven if if you are able to. Some people are not allowed to because what they would learn about their past lives would just shock the heck out of them how, how they were. But you only know so far back. They're not going to let you know when you were, you know, when you were a, an ant, so to speak. So, but he's right. And then, you know, so as, as you go through, Life after life, and karma does its stuff. You, you, you're learning, and I, I went through a lot of this on Sundays in the book Evolution in Two Worlds: How the Spirit World and the Physical World Interacts. Okay, let me carry on. It is impossible for the soulless parasite to influence the mind of any mortal, and it is therefore undoubtedly the souls who have been incarnated in earthly bodies, and if so, indulge their lower passions in that state. 
they are not able to free themselves from the fetters of their astral envelopes that haunt the earth and incite those yet in the flesh to indulge and drink in similar vices. This, I mean, this, you have to feel sorry for people who are uh, addicts of any type because in their own mind are trying to fix themselves. And I know there's physical characteristics of they want things, but they're also being influenced by other spirits. It's tough. They, as you know, can control man in many ways, either partially or completely. And the most common ways for the spirit to part, partly envelope, envelop the man he controls with the spirit body until the link has been formed between them. Somewhat after the nature of that uniting some twin children who, distinct, who possess distinct bodies but are so joined with each other and interblended that all which one feels is felt by the other. In this fashion, what is swallowed by the mortal is enjoyed by the spirit who controls the unfortunate man and who urges him to drink as much as possible. And when he can no longer do so, the spirit will try to free himself and go elsewhere in search of some other weak-willed man or woman of depraved taste. So again, this is true. There are some spirits too that attach themselves who are just the really parasitic. And this is like a total human soul that is just so obsessed with someone, they will just try and completely intertwine and not let that person go. And I don't know if maybe that's kind of uh, multiple personalities that come out. It'd be interesting to understand more about this than, you know, don't take my word for it. But there are instances where the spirits will just completely attach themselves to a human, a physical spirit, and just feel what they feel and influence their thoughts. And it is really hard. And that's, what, and that's where I was in the spirits book says, in the medium's book, I'm sorry, said that they'll need a higher authority to help free them of that. Now, but you can do it yourself. They may try to start doing that and try to start influencing you, but that's why if you, you, you improve yourself, you study spiritism, you understand what's happening, and you start listening to your conscience and trying to do good for other people, they will eventually give up on you and go somewhere else that will give them more pleasure because what a pleasure they have in that, in that area, not much. Okay, let me carry on. Not always, however, can either the spirit or mortal free themselves from the strange link woven between them by the indulgence of their joint desires. That's correct. After a long continued connection of this sort, it becomes very difficult for them to separate, and the spirit and the man may go on for years sick of each other, yet unable to break the tie without the help from higher powers, is exactly what I just said, who are always ready to assist those who call upon their aid. Should a spirit continue to control man for the purpose of self-gratification, as I have described, he sinks lower and lower and drags his victims down with him into the depths of hell itself, from which they will both have a bitter and weary cast to climb when at last the desire for better things shall awaken. See, there's no one, no one is ever forsaken forever. To a soul alone belongs the power to think and to will, and to those other soulless creatures but obey the laws of attraction and repulsion which are felt likewise by all material atoms of which the universe is composed. And even when those astral parasites have, by long feeding upon the vital force of men and women, attain a, to a certain amount of independent life, they have no intelligence to direct their own or others' movements. They float about like fever germs generated in a foul atmosphere, attached to one person more readily to, than to another, and like such germs may be said to possess a very low form of life. Now, when he says the material atoms of the universe, 
The universe is the basic building block of the universe is universal fluid. And I talk about this in my in my books, and I talk about it in my book, The Spirit Universe, Spiritism. Uh, spiritism reveals the reality of our existence. Everything is in movement and in harmony and in the different vibrations. So universal fluid brought together by thought, by higher spirits, or just maybe, you know, not that high spirits, but they can create, you know, it says Jesus and a group of spirits created the solar system and the earth and the moon. You can create houses and temples and churches and rivers and mountains all through your thoughts by bringing together universal fluid and changing the, the density and vibration uh, and through other things I don't understand and to make them into what other matter you want them to appear like. Now remember, the complexity of the spirit universes is, is so much that you can look at it as a, a very dense uh, data where everything is connected, right? Because there's psychometry where if you've got a ring, right? Everything you, you've experienced, every place you've been is kind of attached to that. There's, there are pointers in that data to everywhere you've been. So every data points to other data somewhere. But then you've got how we look at things, how we things appear to us. So when we are a spirit and we are, use our paraspirit, we have, you know, when we see something, we see it like we would see as in incarnate, as a physical human. It has tangibility to us and we feel it and we touch it and we think and it looks real, even though it is a logical construction. Other people can just look at things and see the data behind it. But if you want to, you can see the logical construction. Everything has, you know, the is is you know composed of this energy. But we can we can interpret that as we desire. And the higher you go, who knows how you can interpret things? It's just more and more, it just must be fantastic. So uh, let me carry on. Another class of elemental astros are those of the earth, air, fire, and water whose bodies are formed from material life, germs in each element. Some are in appearance, some are in appearance like the gnomes and elves who are said to inhabit mines and mountain caves, which have never been exposed to the light of day. Such too are the fairies whom men have seen in lonely and secluded places amongst primitive races of men. Such were the variation caused by the different natures of the elements from which they are formed are water sprites and the mermaids of ancient fable and the spirits of the fire and the spirits of the air. All of these beings possess life, but as yet no souls, for their lives are drawn from and sustained by the lives of earthly women and men, and they are but reflections of the men amongst whom they dwell. So as I said before, they, they are just accumulation of thoughts. And they kind of exist for a while, maybe they don't exist. Some of these beings are a very low order of life, almost like the higher order of plants, except they possess an independent power of motion. Others are very lively and full of grotesque, unmeaning tricks with a power of very rapid flight from place to place. Some are perfectly harmless, while others, again, are more malignant in their instincts as a human being from whom their life is drawn are of a more savage race. These curious elements... Earth, these curious earth elementals cannot exist long amongst nations where the more intellectual stage of development has been reached, because people don't think in that way. Because then the life germs thrown off 
by man contain too little of the lower animal life to sustain them, and they die and their bodies decay in the atmosphere. So this all goes with the force of will. And as this is as we've been told by high spirits, everything is is created and maintained by the force of will. Very, very high spirits in pure spirits, like Jesus Christ, the force of will, the sun, exists. If for some reason when they withdraw their force of will, then the whole solar system can can decay and disappear. Everything is in place by some spirits or group of spirits, force of will. The whole earth is here. This whole, but you may look at, at like a simulation is all created by the force of will. And therefore, when that will, when that will ends, that ends. So that's a small example. You're in the spirit world and there's this beautiful flower. You cut the flower, you put it in a vase. At some point, that flower will not, it will never decay, but it'll just fade away. Because when it's cut off from the other flowers, that force of will then is, is not part of that. But yet you're thinking of that flower. But when, you, when you're not thinking of that flower, the flower will just fade away. That's how it works. You have your house, nothing decays in the spirit world, right? You leave it for a life of 80 years. You go back, there's no dust. Nothing, you know, there's no rust. If you, if you made iron columns per se, no. Your plants and everything still look perfect, right? You don't have to prune the trees. It's all perfect. Okay, let me carry on. Thus, as nations advance and grow more spiritual, these lower forms of life die off the natural plane of that earth sphere. And succeeding generations begin at first to doubt and then to deny they ever had an existence. Only amongst those ancient religions of the East have kept them kept still unbroken the threads of record or there's found to be accounts of these intermediate dependent races of beings and the causes of their existence. These soulless elementals of earth, air, fire, and water are class distinct from those others which I've drawn you as emanating from the debased intelligence of man's mind and the evil actions of the body. Behold now, O man of a Western nation, the knowledge which your philosophers and learned men have shut out and locked away as being harmful fables, till man shut the narrow bounds of what he can with his physical senses alone, see, hear, fit, and feel, has begun to doubt if he has any soul at all, any higher, pure, nobler self than is sustained by the sordid life on earth. See now the multitudinous beings that surround man on every side, and ask yourself if it would not be well that he should have the knowledge, which could help to keep him safe from the many pitfalls over which he walks in blind ignorance and unconsciousness of his danger. In the primitive ages of the earth, man was content to look like a child for help and succor to his healthly, heavenly father, and God sent his angels and ministering spirits to protect his earthly children. This is all completely true, and it's a, it's a good paragraph. In these latter ages, men, like a full-grown troublesome youth, sees in his self-conceit no higher help than his own, and rushes into danger with his eyes bandaged by his pride and ignorance. He scoffs at those which he is too limited in his powers to understand, and turns aside from those who would instruct him. Because he cannot see his soul, cannot weigh it, and analyze it, he says, forsooth, that man has no soul, and had better enjoy this earthly life as one who shall someday die and turn to dust again. 
consciousness, individuality, all forever blotted out. And we've been told this by spirits. Spiritism, we've actually been told that the earth is going through the most dangerous, well, I won't say dangerous, let's just say it's, it's the apogee of materialism. Now, the earth wants us to be technically advanced. The spirit world wants us to be technically advanced. But they understand that technology, as we're becoming more interested in science and technology, we're going to, we're going to kind of go away from spirituality for a while. Now, that pendulum has swim, has put all the way to materialism. That is going to come back, and that is going to come back, and it's going to start happening. It's happening now. There's waves of, of, of people, of emotions. Things are happening on this earth. It's, it's because we are now into this point where we're going to leave a planet of atonement and start doing the planet of regeneration. And when we reach planet regeneration, these spirits that are ignorant and doesn't want us to do us any good, they will be off the earth. We won't have these inferior spirits bothering us. We won't have these really tough uh, trials and episodes. Well, it's not trials and episodes, but they'll be more learning and, and you know, less dramatic. There'll be less hate and war on the earth. There'll be more of a just society. But we have to, as I said before, we have to go through this because karma, what we've done wrong before, and we have to learn. We, this is, you know, we're going to be in other situations like this. We're going to help other planets go through these situations. So we might as well go through it ourselves, correct? So that is going, and again, this is why one of the reasons I have this YouTube channel is to tell people this, there's this whole world, this universe out there that you, that the, our current culture says you're an idiot to believe. And if you do believe it and you talk about it, you're, you're shunned and you, all you have to do is a crutch because, you know, you can't stand this life. But is that really, is, you know, is there no reason for our life? Is, I mean, to me, things happen to me that says, no. You're completely wrong. And other people, when I talk to people, there's always something, maybe not always, but there's usually something that like says, uh, this happened to me and this doesn't make any sense. And how can you say that there's not something superior to us? And these are little signs and signals that the new spirit universe gives us. So we don't just completely give up and say, okay, we're just here. We're going to live and die. And I might as well buy as many toys and, and I can just walk all over people and be as mean as I want because when I'm dead, I'm dead. And that's not true. When you're dead, you're in the spirit world and you go to where you belong. And hopefully that's a good place. Okay, let me carry on. Thus, then in, it is in pity to his wandering, struggling children that God has in these latter days opened once more and wider than ever before the doors of communion between the two worlds. That's true. That spiritism says, Yes, more and more people are going to have mediumship ability. That's why it's so important for people to understand this. He is sending out again messengers to warn men, ambassadors to tell him of the better way, the truer path to happiness of a higher life, and to show him that knowledge and that power which shall yet be of right his inheritance. As the, old, as the prophets of old spake, so speak these messengers now. And if they speak with clearer voice, with less veiled metaphors because man is no longer in his infancy and needs now that he should be shown the reason and the science upon which his beliefs and hopes must be founded and that's exactly what spiritism says spiritism says the old testament the new testament other things from in 
because uh, all these, you know, Lao Tzu, Buddha, all these people have been sent by under the leadership of Jesus to tell us how to become better people. But and and now they also tell us that that people were talked to. People were, were talked to at the level of culture and technology, which they could understand. And he, now he just says that we can understand more. Now, let me show this comment. It says, yes, this material, this materialism that mainstream scientists are concluding has bothered me a bit, like I mentioned, on, on MeWe, which is a, a social. And yes, and it's, but I would like to say this is in the book On the Way to the Light by Emmanuel. What he's saying that the, the scientists, unbeknownst to them, are actually working towards a day when science will prove the spirit world and that God exists. And, the, and they're all being used in certain ways, um, unbeknownst to them. They're all they're all tools of of improving the earth at some at some point in time. But yes, it is. It does get a bit where you know any type of near death experiences are just are just like dismissed. And, and, and you know, there's been studies in near death experiences where people can say this happened, this happened, that happened, and that person was was, you know, brain dead. And yet they knew it was not only happening in the operating room, but outside the operating room. How can you explain that? But of course they just dismiss it. So it's, it's absolutely a good point. Okay, let me carry on. Um, Listen unto this voice that calls, O ye toilers of the earth, cried the sign turning and stretching out his hand towards a small dark ball that seemed to float far away on the horizon of our sight, a small dark globe that we knew to be the sorrowful planet called Earth. Listen to the voices that call to you and turn not a deaf ear and realize that ere it be too late that God is not a God of the dead but of the living, for all things are alive forevermore. Life is everywhere and in everything, even the dull earth. And the hard rocks are composed of living germs, each living according to its own degree. The very air we, the very air we breathe, and the boundless ether of universal space are full of life. And not one thought we think but lives for good or ill. Not one act whose image shall not live the torture of the soul of the soul in its days of release from its incarnation in an earthly form. Life is in all things, and God is the central life of all. Exactly. Again, so again, what spirit is? Everything is alive. There is no empty space. We look. We look at the universe, and scientists say, "Well, it's on a vacuum out there is empty space." There's not. There is no empty space. It's all just full of life. But and it's interesting too. Is you know, and this is uh, this was done in the late um, 19th century, right around the late 1800s, and you know now with strings theory, they're saying. Yeah, there's no such a vacuum. It's, it's everywhere. And so, yeah, they're, they're coming to some of this, although they still don't understand uh, the cause behind it. Hussein paused, then in a calmer voice, he said to me, look yonder, what, do you, what would you say those things were? He pointed to what seemed to me at first a mass of spirit forms, which came sweeping toward us as though blown by a strong wind. As they came near, I saw they were evidently soulless, astral envelopes, but unlike those floating ways I had seen haunting the man in the icy cage, these were solid, and to my spiritual sight life-like, and full of animal vigor. 
yet they were yet they were like automatons and not seem to possess any intelligence. They were drifting and bobbing about like movies at a sea to which boats are anchored. As they drifted close to us, my friend put forth his will, will force and captured one. It was then remained floating in mid-air. Let me see it's coming here. It says, um, here's Cammy. Oh, I'm getting ready for school, so won't be able to listen to all the life. Okay. That's okay. You can always get us more on uh, YouTube later. Let me carry on with here. Now look, said he, you will observe this is somewhat like a great living doll. It is a result of countless little living germs which man is continually throwing off from his earthly body, emanations solely of his animal or lower life, material enough when brought into contact with the magnetic forces of the astral plane to form these pure imitations of earthly men and women, and immaterial enough to be invisible to man's purely material sight, although a very small degree of clairvoyant power would enable him to see them. A stronger and higher degree of clairvoyant power would enable him to see, as you do, that this is not a true spirit envelope, since the soul principle is wanting. And yet, a higher degree of clairvoyant power would show that a soul has never been in this form, and it has never been had a conscious existence as a soul's astral envelope. This is why it's so important to train yourself as a medium. Amongst ordinary clairvoyance, the subject of astral spirits is not yet studied sufficiently to develop these degrees of soul sight. Therefore, few clairvoyants in your earthly country could tell you whether this was a true soul enveloping astral form or one which the soul has departed, or yet one again in which the soul has never been present at all. And I think a lot of this could be where people see ghosts. And these ghosts are probably more old, old void or astral forms where, where they're, they're in this memory loop and they go from you know, all the time they, they, they're, they're attached to this house and they want to, they don't want anybody else in this house because that's all they know. Eventually they will get smarter and they will learn that why am I attaching myself to this material good that will decay at one point in time and they'll leave. So there's a lot out there that we don't understand, that a lot of this culture doesn't understand. Presently, I shall show you an experiment with this astral form. But first observe that being such as it is, it is fresh and full of the animal life of the earth plane. And is not the collapsed appearance of those you saw before, those old voids, which had once contained a soul and which were there in a state of rapid decay. And mark this carefully, this fresh looking astral decay far faster than the others, for it has none of the higher principles of life clinging to it which in the case of an astral that has once contained a soul often remains for a long time animating and keeping it from perfect debate, uh, de decay. And really that is like an old void, not yet completely decaying, right? These astral forms. Astral forms must draw their light from higher source, from soul germs, in fact, or they soon cease to exist and crumble away. Uh, let me see, there's a comment here. Before I go to the next. Uh, yes, it seems so. Oh, mainstream science. Yeah, I believe mainstream science pushing an agenda, and that's so we stop worshiping God for one. I didn't show that comment. And then in reply to that comment, it says, yes, it seems so. There are even a few scientists like Rupert Sheldrake that believe this, that materialism is a dogma in the mainstream science. And I, I, I totally agree. And if you, um, if you violate that dogma, then people look at you funny and they try to shame you. So, I mean, this is all, 
it's it's tough becoming spiritually aware in our society and this is one of the you know trials and tribulations we have okay let me carry on but i asked how do they assume the shapes of men and women and the answer is by the action of the spiritualized magnetic currents which flow through all the ether space continually as the currents flow in the ocean and when they're saying spiritualized magnetic currents, these are those are thoughts with energy, right? Thought is action. All of us are like radio towers. We send out thoughts all the time. These magnetic life currents are of a more etherealized degree than those known to scientific mortals, being in fact their spiritual counterpart. And as such, they act upon these cloud masses of human atoms in the same way that electricity acts upon the freezing moisture upon a window pane forming them in the semblance of men and women as electricity forms a freezing moisture into the likeness of plants, trees, etc. It is acknowledged the fact that electricity is an active agent in the formation of the shapes of leaves and trees and vegetable life. But few know that this refined form of magnetism has a similar share in the formation of humans and animal life. I say animal life as applied to those types which are lower than men. Okay, so I will I will stop there because I'm almost at an hour and I will start again on on this page at a uh, next Tuesday. And of course this is what he's saying there is again um, seconded by by spiritism. And let me uh, bring up this so it's, it should be interesting. So what he said is, 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 is full of a lot of truth, and I hope I've elaborated with spiritism. And it is, yeah, you know, I don't think I know everything. I, I know pro practically nothing. Probably only shown us, it's the, you know, the messages we've received from mediums, and I compile all those. I've read, you know, spiritist mediums and gotten information from different sources. And, and what I try to do is bring everything into one uh, called my book, The Spirit Realm, Spiritism Has Revealed the, Exist the Reality of Our Existence. I'm talking about the physical universe, the spiritual universe, the universes, the levels of heaven around the earth, the lower zones, what is the spirit, what are you, right? And that should that should just be interesting to us. Really, what are we? Because this, this body of ours is just temporary. It's, it's you know I I you know liken it to you go to Disneyland or Disney World and you get, you get on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and they've got these old you know cars and you could get a yellow car or a purple car or whatever and you ride that car for a while and then you know and these rides are like they, they seem a long time because there's always stimuli coming at you but it's actually a very short time maybe three minutes. And you're out of that car. And really that car is representative of your physical body, which means nothing. And it's also the time of that, that ride is representative of really your perceived time on earth after you're back in the spirit world was like, oh, that was kind of like a two-week summer camp thing. I mean, that's that's how fast it really goes for you know a spirit. Because after all, think of this. You're an immortal spirit. You live forever. So where we are right now on this earth, we are in, in a planet of atonement. We've already been in the spirit world, I don't know, 100,000, a million years. So living 80 years on earth, even though we may not like it so much, it's a short time. It's like, you know, and that's why we, and you can 
get rid of that stress. You can get rid of that, that, that anger and that annoyance at, at the world in general, right? Which we all have, I, I still have it too. Of, and these corrupt politicians and you know these hypocritical people, and I'm sure we're all hypocritical people too, uh, not to say anything bad about anybody, but you can almost look at it with the music thinking that everyone's going through their own little pre-planned trials to teach them what they need to be taught and you know just go for the ride and look at what these people do and and say god bless you i hope you do well in your trials and if something bad happened to them just wish them to get out and learn what they need to learn from that lesson just as we ourselves need to learn from the lessons given to us because when someone does something bad to you why is that because you did something similar to to another maybe not that same person but another person in the past and now what you did to them is being done to you so you can learn, ah, that's not a good idea. And as you go in your next life, the good point about going through some trials is you paid for that karma and you've improved and you're going to have less and less of a dramatic episode-filled life in the future life. When, when people write to me and say, I don't want to come back, this is a horrible life. Well, I used to say, look, if it was a horrible life, you probably are paying uh, a lot. And so your next life should be better. And in fact, a lot of people go through horrible lives because they made their their trial on earth really severe. And I'm sure they were told by other you know spirits saying, I don't know if you should do this. As an example, this one woman who was the queen of Spain, and she didn't directly kill people, but she signed documents saying that, yeah, okay, uh, you know, you can torture this person, right? The Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, you can arrest this person. Well, she went through quite a few lives trying to repay that, but she didn't feel like she ever repaid it. Then she finally went through a life where she was just bedridden and just in terrible shape her whole life, which that was a tough trial. No, you know, so, but she asked for it. She wanted it. They tried to make it smoother for her. The spirit Camilo Bronco in this wonderful book called The Memoirs of a Suicide. He, you know, he was a member of the Spanish Inquisition and he tortured people and he blinded people with red hot pokers, right? And he was blind in one life and committed suicide because he couldn't stand being blind. And we, then he went into one of these hospitals in the lower zone and they said, okay, well, let's tell you your past life. And that's when he learned what he had done. Now, to show you how nice the spirit world is, they didn't have anybody torture him and pluck out his eyes. He just was blind because he had syphilis which was incurable at that time. So, you know, so it's not like you're, you're you know, it's just, they're just trying to give you enough of a lesson for you to learn not to do that again. It's like, it's like a little kid that do something, you know, life-threatening. And you may, you know, put them in the corner. If that doesn't work, you might have to like slap your hand a little bit. You know, you don't want to shake them or do anything, you know, too physical, but you got to get their attention so they don't make that mistake because, you know, you can't put your hand on a fire. Or you can't run into the street when you're three years old because you'll die. So you, you got to have it get their attention somehow. That's kind of how we are being treated. So I urge you to understand, learn more about spiritism. Uh, please read my book, The Spirit Realm. I also have a book called Spiritism 101, The Third Revelation. You can download it for free on my site, nwspiritism.com. I also have links to it. Um, to my site and to the book. You can get both these books on Kindle and Audible. And, 
in uh, audible format and uh, paperback. So, but the Spirit, Spiritism 101, that is, you can get that for also from my website, free on PDF. And that way it will uh, introduce you to Spiritism. It should make you feel like you understand really what you are doing here on earth and help you be less stressed. When things happen to you, you go, oh, okay, well, I must have done that. So start enjoying life for what it is and, and watch the people around you and, and enjoy them and, and know that everyone's a work in progress. No matter how vile you think they are, they will one day be a great person. Maybe not in this life, maybe not in the next five lives, but one day they will. Anyway, I want to say God bless and thank you all. And of course, I'm here every Sunday and Tuesday live streaming. And, and you can also go to my YouTube or all my other YouTube videos uh, loaded up. God bless.